welcome back to the Desert Chip Podcast, episode three of the podcast. My name is Chase Beardsley. I'm here with Tyler Cass. And I mean, we have a lot to discuss today. But first off, Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. A nice Tuesday morning out here in Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice. And <laughs> now we got to dump into this uh, podcast because we have a lot to talk about. It's a, I, I managed to fill up the whole page of my little notebook where I keep my notes for the podcast. So, again, we have a lot to talk, talk about. I mean... We had some trades, we had some signings, we had some rumors, we had some cool stuff going around the league. I Let's just knock out the, the big trade first. It seems like every time we do a podcast, there's a massive trade, but today it's Ryan O'Reilly. So basically what happened was Toronto uh, traded for Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari. Uh, O'Reilly has 19 points this season and Achari has 18 points this season. Uh, St. Louis uh, retained 50% of O'Reilly's contract in exchange for Mikhail Abramov, Adam Gaudet, a first-round pick in 2023, Ottawa's third-round pick in 2023, and Toronto's second-round pick in 2024. And then um, Abramov has 16 points with the Marlies this year. Gaudet has 34 points with the Marlies this year. And then Minnesota jumped into the trade, retaining 25% of O'Reilly's contract. They got a fourth-round pick, and then that's in 2025. And then they also sent Josh Pillar to Toronto, uh, who's a prospect of the Saskatoon Blades. 12 points in the with the Blades so far. O'Reilly's contract ends after the season. I believe Achari's does too. A lot to discuss here. Tyler, your first thoughts. Well, uh, my first thoughts are we aren't going to see who wins this trade, I don't think, for a little bit. Because I, I think that if this trade helps Toronto make a run in the playoffs, then I would say Toronto wins the trade. But uh, if Toronto just exits the first round again and O'Reilly leaves in, in free agency, then I think it's a massive blow for the Maple Leafs. And it's going to look like another just, you know, trading for another veteran player that didn't work out like they've done the last few years. Uh, on the blue side, I mean, we're we're never gonna know uh, what those picks or the prospects turn into for a few years. So I, I think we look at this down the road, uh, depending on what happens with the Leafs playoff run, depending on what happens with the prospects. You know, it could be turn into a really one sided trade for the Blues in a few years. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think if Toronto makes it out of the first round, and O'Reilly is a huge contributor to that, I think Toronto wins this because. First, like they haven't made out the playoffs, the first round of the playoffs since when we were like two years old. I think you were one. Yeah. Um. So we, I mean, if they if O'Reilly and Achari uh, help them do that, I think they win just because of that. It's kind of like their Stanley Cup victory in a sense because I mean that's the hurdle that they've not gone over since whenever they started uh, playing and having this core of Austin Matthews and. Mitch Marner on all of them, which was back in, like, 2017? 2016, 2017. 2017, yeah, when they got uh, eliminated by the Capitals in the first round. And ever since then, I mean, they've lost in the first round or the play-in round in uh, 2020. Uh, Shout-out Columbus. Um, but I, I think this is a good trade for both sides. Toronto gets deeper down the middle. They already have a lot of offense, and now they have this two-way player in O'Reilly. Uh, he has been in the Selkie conversation before. He helped the Blues win the Cup in 2019. He was also the captain of 
uh, St. Louis. So not only is that another captain that they're giving up because uh, they lost Petrangelo the year, I believe, after they won the Cup, or was it the year uh, that they won the Cup? I think it was the year after they won the Cup, but yeah. not 100%. Yeah, it was one of those. Um, so they give up in their captain that – Toronto has a lot of captains yeah, on their uh, this team. Is three years in a row, they've traded for a former captain, uh, Foligno, then Giordano last year, and now uh, O'Reilly. So I mean, you know, that team might have been lacking a little bit of leadership a few years ago when they were super young, but now even getting Tavares uh, a few years ago for agency, and now having those three former captains, there's a lot of leadership in that room, and they should be able to make it out of the first round. Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, John Tavares captain of the Leafs and former captain of the Islanders. Uh, you have Mark Giordano, captain, uh, or, or sorry, old captain of the Flames, and the also Kraken. old captain of the Kraken, like you are going to say, Kraken legend. And now you have uh, Ryan O'Reilly, former captain of the Blues now. Um, I think Noah Chari is a sneaky pick in this too because I think Achari's a good like bottom six option. Uh, he already scored as a Maple Leaf, uh, so he's up and running. For the Blues, I really like the assets they got. That's a first, second, and third round pick that they got. That's a lot for O'Reilly. That's more than what they, well, arguably around the same that they uh, traded for when they got O'Reilly. Um, they now have three first round picks, their own. They have the one from the Rangers, and then they also have now this one from Toronto. Autumn Gadet, if you remember him with Vancouver, uh, that's going to be interesting. Uh, he, they might bring him up depending on who else they trade because. I do think though they're not done yet. I think they're going to get go get more assets. What I was surprised about was Minnesota hopping in this because I mean they don't have a lot of cap space yet. Here they are retaining some cap for Toronto, and I mean we thought we were, they were going to do something during the trade deadline, but this kind of kind of hinders them a little bit. But uh, what do you want to say yeah, about Minnesota? Uh, I think the exact number they're retaining is very small. Like, it, it doesn't really have a huge effect on their cap hit. I mean, they get a, a pick, which is always nice. So I, I really don't think this is something to look too much into or that will affect their deadline too much. I still think they, they try and get a little bit of depth for cheap, you know, try and trade a trade a third or a fourth for somebody that could help out in their bottom six. But, you know, they're, they're not even a guarantee to make the playoffs right now. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do going into the next few weeks leading up to the deadline. So, you know, I, I think that if they could make the smaller moves, you know, because you need depth guys to make a playoff push to get those, but I don't see them doing anything big. Yeah, I mean, I still uh, think they get that first wild card spot. Um, I still think either one of Matt Dumba or Jordan Greenway is going to get traded uh, before the trade deadline because Dumba is obviously a uh, free agent coming up. And they don't have that cap space to retain him. And we have heard Greenway's name in the rumors. So we'll see. But um, as in terms of uh, who won this trade, I think what you said, we will know the full outcome. Kind of like the first O'Reilly trade until later. But I think from like just right now, I think it's a great trade on both sides. Toronto's getting what they need, which is depth, forward uh, depth down the middle, and then also a good two-way player in O'Reilly. Then... I mean, St. Louis is getting another first-round pick. You cannot like argue that first-round pick this year is more than a more than uh, gold, or sorry, less than gold uh, this offseason. Uh, because I mean, this here's is one of the best drafts we've yeah. seen in a long time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, 
I'm Godet <laughs> going to St. Louis. That's a that's a blockbuster right there. A blockbuster move. So, wow, we actually got through that <laughs> that one in eight minutes. <laughs> that was a massive trade, man. But there we go. Um, so now we move on to the blockbuster trade, the Tyler Mott trade. Uh, Tyler Mott, you know, all star. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding, but. Uh, Ottawa has sent Tyler Mott to the New York Rangers. Uh, Ottawa has gotten Julian Gauthier uh, and also a seventh-round pick in 2023. That pick is conditional, and then the Rangers, as I mentioned, got Mott. What do you think of this trade? Um, I I don't get why the Rangers didn't just re-sign him in free agency. I don't think it's the best use of asset management. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a bad trade because Mott was great for them in the playoffs. But, I mean, uh, Gauthier is not terrible. He has a ton of skill, former first-round pick. Just couldn't really put it together there. Couldn't get a lot of minutes on the Rangers. I think the Senators are a very skilled team with, you know, where he could maybe crack that top six, maybe play on their third line with some skilled guys. I think that that's a great fit for him there. I mean, if you take uh, last offseason, or sorry, last trade deadline out of your mind and you focus on this, like this is Mott's first appearance with the Rangers, then it's great because... Ottawa is getting Julian Gauthier, as you mentioned, that Gauthier is a former first-round pick, has nine points in uh, the season so far. I remember him being, like, a huge asset in, uh, I believe, one of the Carolina Rangers trades. Maybe Brady Shea, if I'm 100% sure. I think it was one of those trades. I mean, they've made so much trades (laughs) together. They're they're a couple, basically. But, um, I mean, Julian Gauthier, I believe if he gets good playing time that he can develop into a good middle six forward and I really do think uh, it's because you know the Rangers aren't known to develop good prospects I mean look at Lafreniere look at Kako you know I mean we we've said it before I'm not going going to try to upset more Rangers fans but uh, I don't know I think O'Shea could be a nice piece in that young Ottawa court and then I mean a conditional pick uh, if the Rangers win round one, it turns into a six-round pick. I mean, the, even the pick in there is great. Uh, and then Tyler Mott, uh, I'm going to take last year in the example. I think he played excellently in the Rangers' little run there. I think the Rangers know this asset well, so that's why they trade for him. Going back to what you said, I don't know why they just didn't re-sign Mott last offseason because he was going to be cheap. I believe there are rumors that he was going to go back to New York, but ultimately went to Ottawa. But uh, he's got nine points in uh, in the season so far. I think he'll be great on the bottom six forward group for Ottawa. I mean, or sorry, for the Rangers. I, I, I mean, there's not much to say. They know the player well. It's just another great uh, depth move if they didn't, you know, have him in there team last season yeah and every Rangers fan that uh, I've talked to they liked the trade you know a lot of them said they they really liked Gautier but his problem was he could never finish he would get a billion breakaways and you know he would never score on them uh, if you watch a few of his his the few goals he scored a lot of them are like highlight real goals on the breakaway or some nifty moves so you know the the skill is there so uh all the Rangers fans know they like him but hoping he figures it out and in Ottawa, and they're just happy to get a familiar face back that they know what what he can do. Yeah, and Ottawa just adds to your young core. Like they've no, they've been known to develop like young players like yeah. uh, Shabbat, Tachuk, uh, Stutzla, Sanderson, Bedard, Docker. Like 
all these players, um, all these rookie young players, they've been known to develop, and I mean, most of them are doing great on Ottawa. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's again, a great trade for both teams. I think it would be maybe more favored on the Rangers' side if it wasn't confusing that they could have brought him back last offseason, but, you know, I guess that's life. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's confusing. But anyway, we have three extensions to talk about, Tyler. Three. <laughs> um, I mean, let's start off with Olimata, what's the matter? Um, he got a two-year, three-mil extension. Uh, he has put up five goals, 12 assists, and 17 points this season and is a plus five. Uh, it's worth noting before we start uh, diving into this, all three of these players are defensemen. Um, so tell me a little bit about Mata. Um, well, I'll take my bias out of this because I could not stand Ole Mata on the Kings. I thought he was awful there. But, you know, he, he did have a, a f- some great years with Pittsburgh winning some cups there. And uh, I think he's he's rebounded in Detroit. You know, their their defensive core is, is solid. Um, you know, but he's kind of found a place there in the top four, and uh, I just think it's it's been good. You know, good for him getting getting a nice contract there, and just finally finding a home for the next few years after moving around from Chicago to LA the the last few seasons. Uh, who's the player he's playing with currently? I know uh, I don't know ex- exactly who he's playing. It's with. one of the rookies. Yeah. Is it Cider? Maybe I don't, I don't know who he's playing with there, but I, I just know one of them. Whoever he's paired with. It's just been a great fit. I mean, Detroit is now back in the playoff conversation. I mean, that Eastern wildcard race, which we'll probably talk about towards the end of this uh, podcast, Mm -hmm. is just insane. But I think it's a good deal for Detroit. I mean, it's not that expensive. It's only two years of uh, three mil. Uh, Mata's been great. He's found a home, like you said. I mean, even in Pittsburgh, I think he struggled. Um, I mean, I am obviously... uh, favored towards Pittsburgh, uh, and I watched those cup runs, and he did struggle a bit, uh, even though he won those cups, and like you said, when he went to uh, L.A., like, that first year, he really struggled, and I know he was uh, kind of good in that playoff run, that little playoff run you guys had, uh, but I, I think this is a smart extension by Stevie Y. Um, I, I, I still don't uh, understand why they signed, uh, what's his face? Ben Chirot. Ben Chirot. When they could have had a Mata, and I mean that's just confusing. But I think this is a good good deal by Stevie Y. Next one, this one's going to be really in your alleyway. Mikey Anderson signing an eight-year, four point one two five per year contract extension. Uh, Anderson has two goals, eleven assists, and thirteen points this season. And he has a plus eight. Yeah, I love Mikey Anderson. I think this is the best contract in the NHL. Wow. Um, yeah. This this I've watched probably 95% of the Kings games this year, and Mikey Anderson is easily the best player on the ice the whole time. You know, maybe not the most flashy, but in terms of consistency, he does not make any mistakes, really, in my opinion. You know, uh, you just he's really complimented Drew Doughty so well. You know, Doughty... He struggled when the Kings weren't great. He didn't have really a, a D partner that he could rely on. And now getting Mikey, it's really just it's helped Dowdy just be able to you know regain his form back to that Norris Trophy winner. He's not putting up the points that he put up before when he was winning the Norris, but you know he definitely looks so much more comfortable playing with Mikey. 
And, you know, uh, Mikey Anderson, he's just one of those guys where, you know, you could just rely on him. You know, you need defense. You just put him out there. You know, he'll shut down their, the other guy's top line. And uh, I just I love this contract so much. I think uh, once Kopitar retires, he's going to get the C. Yeah, I mean, that that was such a smart deal by, uh, by the Kings. I mean, you're only getting one of your top two defensemen for just 4.125. Per year, and this is the dude, as you mentioned, this is the player that has really helped Dowdy regain his form. Uh, I mean, that's that's just great asset management by the LA Kings. I, I, this is a such a great deal, as you said. Um, I mean, Mikey Anderson, he's a great defenseman himself, but him being on that tandem just makes him all the way better. And I don't know if I can call it the best in the NHL, the best contract in the NHL, but. I'll agree with you that it's definitely one of them. It's just such a smart extension. Um, so moving on to this third extension, uh, we accidentally did not talk about this extension when it came out. So it's been, it's been like two, three weeks. But, um, I mean, we should we should give him a mention. He is a former Arizona Coyote. But Connor Timmins re-signing of Toronto, a 2 by 1.1 deal, um, 2 goals, 11 assists, 13 points, the same as Anderson this season. He's a plus 2. Your thoughts on Connor Timmons? Just good good for him, you know, finding a home in Toronto. I I mean, he can never really crack the, the lineup in Colorado. Struggled a ton with, with injuries and even trying to find his way into the lineup here in Arizona. And now, you know, uh, with Toronto, he's putting up points and uh, he's finally found a place where he could fit in. Yeah, I mean, first off, I apologize to Connor Timmons. It's a little bit late, but... I think it's a smart move by Toronto. I mean, Timmons has been good for them, uh, unlike, like you mentioned, in Colorado, uh, where they had a deep defensive pool. And, I mean, it kind of came to the point where they knew they couldn't keep him because he was a great asset and they had a great defense core. In Arizona, he was just plagued by injuries. Uh, it was it was just hard to go in to keep him because you do have players like Soderstrom and, Maya and Mayo and, all these players coming to the defensive core, and when you get injured so many times, like they're going to pass you by, and that's kind of what happened. Fortunately, like uh, Toronto gave Arizona an asset, even though it wasn't a good asset. But I mean, Timmons has really uh, flourished with Toronto, and it's just another good trade by them. Uh, another good signing. I think they do well at these defensive signings, these uh, especially the deaf ones, uh, deaf forwards so, as well. Some of them, some of them have looked a little bit rough. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I'm like, but the deaf ones, I feel yeah. like, have been great. Um, all right, well, we got cr- done with extensions pretty fast. Jesus, we're we're rolling through this. Uh, this is like this is good. I thought this was going to be like one of the longest podcasts we've ever done, but uh, I mean, this one might spark something. Uh, Vlaslav Gavrikov. So. I guess uh, Jacob Chikorin is inspiring all the players around the league of uh, getting set out for trade-related reasons. So Gavrikov was, of course, uh, sat out past couple games by Columbus for trade-related reasons. Uh, he's got three goals, seven assists, ten points this year. He is a minus eight with Columbus. Talk to me a little bit about Gavrikov, what we've heard about Gavrikov. Uh, yeah. I think no matter what team trades for Gavrikov, I think it's going to be an overpay. Uh, we've heard first-round picks thrown out there, and I, I think that when Columbus will get a first for him, 
Uh, I think that's a little much for a guy like Gavrikov, but it's trade deadline season. You have to overpay for guys. You know, you need that depth to go far in the playoffs. I, he's not a bad defenseman. He's a good player. I think he'll fit in wherever he goes. But, you know, uh, first-round picks, a little, a little hefty of a price to pay for a guy like that. But, you know, it's what you have to do if you want to win. I think especially because he has that $2.8 million contract, that's going to inflate his value, kind of like what Chikorin is going to get for the Coyotes. I, I would expect nothing less than a first-round pick and more because, I mean, Yarmo Kekalainen for Columbus is great at asset management. And I think, I mean, he got a first-round pick for Nick Falingo, as uh, we've said. And David Savard. And David Savard from Tampa, although Tampa did win the Cup. So, I mean, I, I think that was worth it. Um, but, yeah, I think Gavrikov's going to get a huge uh, trade value. And I think there's going to be a lot of teams looking at him, especially because of his low contract uh, dollar. I mean, it's perfect for any... Uh, playoff team that's going into the playoffs that's tight with cap. Someone like Boston, someone like Tampa, someone like Edmonton would be those three teams I would be looking at. Yeah, I think he ends up in, in Boston just because uh, they they've they were linked to Chickory, but I think that's kind of fallen apart now. I still think they're looking for that you know that defenseman that they could could really just shore up their already very strong decor. Boston has had the assets. They're not afraid to give up a first. The only thing that uh, I think could worry some teams is I believe he's a pending UFA. He is. So uh, I, I think he he said he's wanted to wants to test the market. So you know you give up a first for a guy and you know you're you're not a hundred percent sure if he's going to stay long term. You know yeah. that could d- deter some teams away from wanting to give up a big hefty price for him. But uh, I think Boston's, like, you know, they're okay giving up a first. They're okay if he leaves in free agency, and that's a guy that they want. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, um, he's on a good contract, and he is a guy that you want, as you said. Like, Columbus wanted to keep him. They they talked with him, things didn't work out, and now he's on the trade block, and I think Boston's the ideal place for him because, I mean, one— they are currently looking like the Stanley Cup favorites. They are at the top of the league, uh, followed closely by Carolina now. Um, I think Gavrikov will help shore up their top four. I think he'll be a great asset for them. I think they did it well with – they tried to do it with uh, – what's his face uh, from Ottawa last season? Uh, Riley something? Uh, uh, do you remember that one? The no. Ottawa trade? All right, well, I'll, I'll find out that, that trade, whatever. Um, but they tried to do it um, last season, uh, getting a defenseman from Ottawa. It didn't work out. Oh, he, Mike Riley? Mike Riley. That There it is. Yeah, Mike Riley. They tried to do it. Isn't he in the AHL right now, or did he get uh, called I, up? I think he – I know he's been on waivers a few times. I don't yeah. know where he's at right now. But I know they've been trying to move him and Craig Smith. Yeah. I mean, and Columbus has a lot of cap, so potentially one of them go, goes back in a potential deal. Um, save cap and allow Boston to get a, another defenseman. I mean, I mentioned Tampa because this is the type of move Tampa would do. It's a cost-friendly uh, acquisition. Tampa's been known to do that with players like Brendan Hagel and uh, did it with another player, Nick Paul, last season. Um, so they've been known to do this stuff, and Edmonton's been looking for a defenseman, it feels like, all year. So this is another good one for them. And uh, like you said, he's going to be a UFA. 
I think, though, those three teams have a, or at least Boston and Tampa have a good shot at the Cup. Um, who knows? It might persuade Gabrikov's mind. He hasn't really been on a winning team because Columbus has not been a winning team. They've won two rounds in, the, in their whole franchise history. Uh, so, I mean, go figure. Uh, who, who knows what Gabrikov might find at the end of the rainbow. But uh, going on to a weird topic, uh, NHL announced that the New York Rangers and the Washington Capitals are going to have a Disney stream coming in March, uh, kind of like what the NFL did with Nickelodeon. You want to touch on that? Uh, I'm very excited to see what happens there because um, I just I just want to see what happens if there's like a fight, what they're going to do there. Oh God. I mean, uh, you know, maybe mic up some players, put on Disney Channel. I don't know if that would be the best idea, but I think it would be entertaining. I'm just interested to, to see. I, I like the idea. They're trying to grow the game, maybe show a younger audience, get them yeah. into hockey. I'm just curious to, to what they do because, I mean, hockey is a, it's a tough sport, a lot of hitting, a lot of fighting. Uh, you know, I don't know how much of that you want to expose to, like, a three- or four-year-old. Maybe this maybe just turns on Disney Channel and sees a, a hockey game going on. <laughs> but I, I definitely think it's it's a good idea to, you know, try and grow the game. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I mean, the NFL did it, um, and we obviously got some memes out of that. Yeah, we got a lot of uh, jokes out of that, including Patrick Starr roasting Rus- <laughs> Russell Wilson. I mean, that was iconic, so maybe we can have a somewhat Mickey roast the crap out of the Washington Capitals and their mediocrity. <laughs> Uh, who knows? <laughs> Maybe uh, get some Tom Wilson on there. That's that's another interesting thing. They they chose the team of Tom Wilson. And, it, to, these, uh, these, and these two teams have some bad blood. The Rangers and the Capitals. Yeah, it's, I don't I don't know. If that's a wise choice. I mean, obviously these are two teams that have some of the biggest markets, but uh, they also have, as you mentioned, some bad blood. Uh, they've faced each other in the playoffs before uh, numerous times. Washington has. Tom Wilson. <laughs> yeah, there was the, the whole thing. I, I think it was uh, two, maybe uh, the end of last yes. year when, when both teams just went at each other and just the penalty box was filled with like 10 guys. Yeah, and then like the penalty box. two, three seasons ago, like uh, Washington basically beat the crap out of the Rangers and then they basically fired everyone, yeah. including Dave Quinn, their old GM. So uh, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Uh, as long as Oswald the Lucky Rabbit is in there, I won't complain. He's my favorite Disney character. <laughs> I don't know about you. Do you have a favorite Disney character, Tyler? Uh, I, I like Ratatouille, Remy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remy the Remy. Rat. Hey, there we go. Good choice, good choice. I mean, you also can't go wrong with our Lord and Savior, Lightning McQueen. Yeah. I mean, Owen Wilson's a charm. <laughs> He's He should be uh, the logo of life, but... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, moving from the the lightest topic ever to one of the darkest topics that we've gotten in the past week, uh, Jonathan Taze of the Chicago Blackhawks announced that he will not be dealt this trade deadline. He is dealing with long-term COVID-related uh, symptoms. Uh, I mean, he put out a whole statement. Chicago is obviously not dealing him. Your thoughts? Um, obviously, just hope, just hope he gets better fast. I mean, gets back out on the ice soon, uh, and it's just able to to play the game again. That's just the the main thing there. Uh, I think now he probably finishes his career with Chicago. I mean, who knows how much he has left in the tank. But uh, if he's still dealing with a lot of the stuff, I don't see him wanting to make a big change in the offseason, going somewhere else 
I don't know if teams would be willing to even make the risk by signing him. So I think Chicago gives him a, a, a deal team-friendly, you know, low cap it to just help him stay in Chicago, recover there, get it back on the ice when he's able to. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, like, I think they do sign him to, like, a one-year, like, low-cost deal at the end of the season because then he can play another year, hopefully regain something, and then, if possible, Chicago can flip him because I still think if Chicago does that, they eventually flip him. The thing is, I don't think he plays for much longer. I think next season or the following season is his, is going to be his last season because in the past couple of seasons, we've just seen him deal with so many serious injuries that have held him out of the lineup. I I mean, he's the captain. He's someone that was wanted. I mean, Chicago was looking for, like, a second-round pick. I mean, it was obvious they were going to try to trade him, but now this sets that back. And, I mean, it's, getting, it's going to be better next season because, obviously, Chicago's not going to have to retain any cap. Uh, so there's going to be he's going to be on a lower deal, and he's also going to command probably more with that. So we'll see what happens. I mean, off that, do you think Patrick Kane is still getting traded? That That's a tough one because I, I think um, a lot of the teams that were suitors for him have taken themselves out. The Rangers, um, Toronto, and now the only teams realistically I see left are a few teams out west, maybe Dallas and Vegas, now putting Mark Stone on IR, and then obviously the Hurricanes. I think it's all going to come down to where he wants to play. I think if he, he tells Chicago that you know he's willing to go to Carolina, then I think that they, they work out to get a deal done. But it's, I think it all comes down to if he wants to go anywhere. I think Dallas and Carolina are the likeliest options. I've been saying that. Obviously, Boston was the other one, but we'll see if that happens. Uh, but I think Carolina and Dallas have always been the likeliest options. I think he will get dealt because... Again, with Taze now off the market, that's one less asset that uh, Chicago can get. So, obviously, they have Domi probably getting dealt. They have Sam Lafferty probably getting dealt. They have Jake McCabe maybe getting dealt. And now Patrick Kane, um, I think, especially because he's on an expiring deal. And, again, it's kind of obvious and it's kind of shaping up to be this way that Patrick Kane goes to Buffalo in the offseason season. I mean, that's his hometown. They've said they're they're going to pursue him in the offseason. So I think uh, he's leaving Chicago no matter what. So obviously, if you're Chicago, you want to regain assets. So, uh, But obviously, we wish the best for Jonathan Taze and his family. I mean, that's a heavy th- thing to deal with. I know uh, COVID is still affecting a lot of people. So obviously, we give out the best for Taze and his illness. So... Uh, moving from that, what, go ahead. What uh, I also just want to say, uh, best wishes to Matt Barzell. Hope he comes back yeah. soon. It's yeah. uh, tough to see players go down like that. So yeah, yeah, your your boy Matt Barzell, obviously now out, and that could be a huge hit for the Islanders. I mean, they obviously occupy one of the wild card spots right now. I believe. Yeah, with their well, win over right Pittsburgh. now in the the first wild card spot, but that that position is changing every single day. Yeah, and we'll look at that probably after we get out over this next topic because man we've been getting through this pretty quickly like way quicker than i thought yeah. we would i, I guess chickering last <laughs> last week was just that big but uh i'm moving on to the carolina hurricanes and their stadium series uh 
First off, did you watch the game, Tyler? Uh, I did not watch it. I wasn't able to, but uh, I saw the the highlights, the replays, and uh, all like the pregame introductions and stuff. I thought they did a great job. Tyler, I'm going to be honest. I think that was one of the best outdoor games I've seen in the past couple of years. Because recently we've been getting Pittsburgh, Chicago, Boston, repeat. Like, if I also, had... Na- Nashville's been in a few. Nashville's only been in two. In the, but they've both been in the last, like, two years. That's true. I mean, but I think the one, the stadium series in Nashville, I think, the, honestly, the stadium series has been beating out the Winter Classic yeah. for me personally since the one in Dallas. Because I think the one in Dallas was the best one in a while. Obviously, we didn't have one in 2021. Or, sorry, we didn't have one in 2020. I thought the Minnesota one was iffy, and I did not watch the Chicago-Boston one, or sorry, the Pittsburgh-Boston one from this past winter, because I don't give a crap about Pittsburgh or Boston playing in in the outdoors for the 50th time in the in a stadium that they've already played before. I like newness. I, I, I don't like this repeated stuff, and I think Carolina was a perfect market. I mean, look at the attendance. I mean, they so, they sold out in minutes. Everyone looks like they were having a great time. The Canes players look like they were having a great time. North Carolina is just a beautiful state, a perfect state to do this in. I mean, we really need to sit down one day and just talk about the revitalization of the Carolina Hurricanes since 2017 because, oh, man, it's it's been impressive because, I mean, in 2017 we were talking about them relocating and how they couldn't draw attendance. And now, I mean, they're top 10 in the attendance for the league and the outdoor game was absolutely perfect. I, I just think that the location was also perfect. You know, playing right there next to PNC, you know, the middle of Raleigh, you know, you're near NC State, near the college town, you know, you have the parking lot right there for all the tailgates, all the fan events. I think they did a great job with that. And I thought their opponent was perfect too because Carolina and Washington arguably have a rivalry and probably one of the biggest ones right now. Uh, because of the 2018, uh, sorry, the 2019, my bad, 2019 round one knockout by Carolina. I mean, it seems like every time these two teams face off, there's bad blood ever since then. So I think the the opponent of choice was perfect. I mean, Washington hasn't been in too many outdoor games. I think this is the perfect place to stop them for a while. But I know the NHL loves getting their filthy hands on Pittsburgh, Boston, Chicago, so who knows, we're probably going to have Pittsburgh, Washington in our outdoor game coming next year because, again, the NHL is a filthy old dirtbag that loves doing that. I just get PO'd about outdoor games, honestly, because, again, there are some cool ones that the NHL has been putting on recently. I thought the Con Bowl one with Dallas and Nashville was amazing. Probably one of the best winter classics ever. Yeah. The game itself was amazing. The setup itself was amazing. It was perfect. I thought the stadium series in Nashville was awesome because Tampa had never been in one, and Nashville had only been in one before that. And just the way Nashville put it on with all the country music and stuff right in the middle of Nashville because uh, Nissan Stadium is right across the river, which isn't far from Nashville. Um, That was amazing. And then obviously the Carolina one that we've been talking about, it felt like Carolina. There was the NC marching band playing Rock You Like a Hurricane by Scorpions when they came out. That was so freaking cool. And, like, the jerseys, too. Yeah. Oh, man. Those jerseys. I really want that Carolina one. 
I I love most of the jerseys Carolina puts out. Oh man, so beautiful. And Washington's wasn't bad either. No, I, I really like. Uh, I know some people weren't a fan of them, but the the big numbers on the helmets. I, I loved know, it. I I really like that. I absolutely loved it. And again, I feel like there should be there shouldn't be repeats of teams in the Winter Classic like every year or two. Because, I mean, how many times, like we've said already, Boston, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Washington, and now we're kind of getting to see it with Winnipeg and Calgary. Because Calgary, I believe, is getting in their outdoor game, too. Yeah, they're playing uh, Edmonton next year. It's just like, how many times can we see the same thing over and over again? When are we going to get Vancouver in their outdoor game? I mean, can you even count their one outdoor game as an outdoor game? Because the roof was on. When is San Jose going to get in their outdoor game? When is Anaheim going to get in their outdoor game? When is uh, Arizona going to get an outdoor game? We talked about it. I mean, I think it's coming. Yeah. Um, especially when they get that new arena, which they will. Um, it's. I mean, it's good weather, despite everyone thinking it's 100 degrees here year long. No, it was, it's like perfect perfect right now you know 50s 60s you could easily put an outdoor game in arizona right now i mean i understand why florida hasn't gotten one yet it's hard to put one in florida but it sounds like that's gonna happen soon and i mean i understand why columbus hasn't gotten one because they are a smaller market base but they should still get one i mean it would be cool i mean it would try it would probably draw low attendance but why not they're the uh, college hockey is actually playing a, a game in the Brown Stadium. I don't know if it happened yet, but I, I saw a video of them putting a rink in the Brown Stadium. So <laughs> uh, if they ever wanted to explore a game for, for the Blue Jackets, they could easily do it. I think if they do, they should 100% put it in Ohio State's football stadium. Yeah, that, that would be, be cool. Uh, also, uh, I'm surprised that none of the, the New York markets haven't gotten an outdoor game in a while. I mean, the Rangers and Sabres got one back in uh, 2018 or 2018. Yeah, that's still look, that's still four or five years ago. Now. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think with all four teams in that in New York, New Jersey area. Wait, Buffalo was in one not too long ago against the Maple Leafs. You remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah, the Rangers though. Yeah, I definitely agree. But like you know, now you have Rangers, Islanders. Devils and Sabres all in like the playoff hunt right now. You know, for a while the Devils and Sabres were two teams that you know nobody really wanted to watch, but now they got young, fun teams. I think like Buffalo versus New Jersey, Islanders, Rangers, even Rangers Devils would be perfect for an out an outdoor game next year. I mean, I think next Winter Classic is going to be perfect because yeah. it's against Seattle and Vegas. These are two of your high market teams, so you're getting that. That's what the NHL wants. But these are two teams that have barely been featured in outdoor games. I mean, Vegas got one, but that was in Lake Tahoe when no fans were allowed. And Seattle just joined the league. So that's perfect. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. But, again, seeing Calgary and Edmonton for the 100th time outdoors, like, it's just annoying. Like, why can't Vancouver get one? Why can't Ottawa get another one? Like, the last the la- – oh, excuse me. The last one Ottawa got was just miserable because yeah, – those jerseys. Well, not just that. I mean, Eugene Milnick saying they're going to relocate during yeah. the game was awful. And now that they, they're probably they might get one with new ownership. But again, you mentioned the Islanders, and I'll bring up the Devils as well. They haven't gotten an outdoor game since like 2014 or something crazy yeah. like that. And it's the same thing with the Sharks and the Ducks. They haven't gotten an outdoor game since like 2015. And arguably, the Sharks have 
one of the best spots to do an outdoor game at Oracle Park, right next to the bay. Wouldn't that be so cool? Yeah. I mean, and obviously, like, Arizona, we were talking about, like, they can do it at Sun Devil Stadium. Do you know how awesome? Think about it. All the students in the student section, think how awesome that would be. That, that would be crazy. Yeah, I think that would be such a cool atmosphere. I, I love when they put the games at, like, college stadiums because it's just such a unique, like, feel. Like, just seeing, you know, just it just felt like a college crowd, you know, at, at uh, Carter-Finley Stadium a yeah. few days ago. You know, I just I love when they put it in the college stadiums. Yeah, that's a game I really wish I, I could have gotten a chance to fly out to because... It was just such a cool environment, and all the, all the North Carolina stuff was awesome. But yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna propose an interesting question for you, Tyler. Uh, so, what are your top three uh, outdoor game that you want to see between which teams and where at? Um, I, I would say first, I want another Islanders Rangers game back in New York. I think that um, the most likely option would be City Field or Yankee Stadium. Just you know, Yankee Stadium. You have the the history there, but uh, City Field. I believe that's where they've done all of the outdoor games in New York. So I'd love to see it there. Um, second, definitely the Coyotes. I don't really know who they'd go against. Maybe the Jets mm-hmm. um, at Sun Devil Stadium. I'd love to see that. Uh, third, uh, I I do want to see another outdoor game in California. Kings Ducks. Maybe Kings Sharks. Um, I think doing that at Oracle Park would be so nice, but also, uh, even, you know, putting one at, at Dodger Stadium, I think just the history there, I think that would be really cool. Uh, I'm going to throw a, a fourth one out there. Uh, I'd love to see a game in, uh, Colorado that's like in a uh, mile high stadium or course field. Cause I just think that, you know, maybe the altitude could be an issue, but the last time Colorado did an outdoor game, I just heard that it was an awful fan experience. You know, just getting to that stadium, it just wasn't a great place to watch a hockey game. Yeah. I think just putting Colorado deserves an outdoor game, like, in Colorado, like, with their fans, I think that would be so cool, especially at Coors Field, such a nice park. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll steal that one of those from you, which is uh, Sharks Ducks at the at Oracle Park, because when you're right next to the bay, it's going to be awesome. It's going to look beautiful. Plus, you get the Sharks and the Ducks. The Ducks have Trevor Zegers, Mason McTavish, these big names. Sharks have uh, currently, I mean, Timo Meyer, Thomas Hurdle. That one would work great in in a few years once these teams get out of their rebuild and Absolutely. all these young guys are in their prime. Absolutely. So I think that's my number one. Number two, I'm not going to steal uh, Coyotes away from you, but I'm going to add to that. Uh, because I think that's, again, I think for both of us, we, like now that we're here in Arizona, we think that there should be one. I think uh, it would be Colorado or Nashville because I think they have a good history with Nashville. I mean, the Gila River finale, the 2020 playoffs, the 2012 playoffs. I mean, these two teams are heated. And I think Colorado is Arizona's like biggest rival, which is kind of funny saying. But, I mean, every time those two teams play, it seems like there's fireworks going off. They... The Avs did knock the Coyotes out of the playoffs, basically, at the playoff hunt in 2019, and they did it in the playoffs in 2020. I remember listening to the uh, 2019, like, when it was Coyotes-Avs neck-and-neck for the final wild card, and then Colorado won an OT against Arizona and won against the Jets, or no, they won against another team, and that basically got secured them in their spot, like, a couple points ahead of the Coyotes, so I think that would be a good opponent, but... 
going back to like my my three outdoor dream scenarios. So I said the sharks. Again, I'm not going to steal the Coyotes, but I think uh, Chase Field will be another good one. Uh, yeah. But I think Sun Devil Stadium is the best place. Uh, number two, uh, obviously Florida has been mentioned. Uh, it would be lovely to see them in Florida. So I'm going to go uh, Lightning, Panthers um, at the uh, Miami Stadium, Dolphin Stadium. I think that would be cool. Such a good venue. And I think uh, number three, uh, shoot, I think Vancouver, Ottawa would be a good one. Um, because Vancouver technically still hasn't gotten an outdoor game because the one they did have wasn't even outdoors. And I know John Tortorella started Eddie Lack over Roberto Luongo, which was such a bad move, and so there was such a sour mood over that as well. And Ottawa really hasn't gotten an outdoor game in a while. I mean, all the other ones have. Montreal was obviously in that outdoor one. Uh, Toronto was in the outdoor one against Buffalo. Uh, Edmonton, Calgary, they're going to get one. And Winnipeg got one just a couple years ago against Calgary. So I think Ottawa is currently... Ottawa and Montreal are the two ones that haven't gotten one in a while. But I would go Ottawa just because why not have one in Ottawa, especially when you have new ownership coming in, including maybe Ryan Reynolds. Uh, You have this good young core coming up. And, I mean, it's a perfect time to do one for Ottawa especially because now they're coming out of the rebuild. Um, I think you do it in Vancouver. I don't know the area around there, but I think you do one in Vancouver with the roof off this time. Maybe not a winter classic where it's snowy, and that's the reason why they didn't get that roof off, but maybe more going towards February or even in October-ish when they usually have the Heritage Classic do one there. Yeah, I I think that if they do one in Florida, I think it should be at Raymond James Stadium. Yeah, uh, I think that place is so cool. It'd be a great place to to have a game. Just putting Lightning and the Panthers there. And uh, I was thinking about this with like a kind of unlikely rivalry is brewing between the Coyotes and the Ducks. Yeah, that like too. Every time they've you're played right. each other, there's just been a, a brawl every every time the last few years. Yeah, you're right. I mean. I think we all we brought up some good teams for the Coyotes to face because the Jets, I mean, the Coyotes were the Jets, and they've always had that back-and-forth kind of rivalry, but yeah. not a huge one. Nashville, I mean, like we said, big Coyotes moments have been against them, including 2020-2012 and most recently the Gila River finale. Colorado, the whole playoff thing in 2019-2020, I mean, they <laughs> this is a Coyotes team that... Uh, has hated the Avs, and the Avs team has hated the Coyotes. And as you said, the Ducks, I mean, I would say the Ducks actually are the biggest rivals of the Coyotes now. I mean, every time they play each other, it seems like there's a there's 50 fights in the game. I think that would be a great game, and I really think the Coyotes deserve one. And we have another team like the Ducks that haven't played in an outdoor game in a while. So that's another good choice. Yeah, I, I think the NHL waits on a lot of these teams because they're going to want to give Zegers an outdoor game. You yeah. know, when, when Cooley gets to the NHL, they're going to want to give him an outdoor game. And, p- and possibly Bedard or whoever yeah, they draft. Wherever, wherever Bedard goes, they're going to give him an outdoor game. But I think they're going to wait because, you know, in like two to three years when the, the Coyotes and the Ducks really become, you know, playoff teams, these rivalries are just going to get more intense. And these young guys like Zegers, Cooley... Uh, Gunther, they're all going to just McTavish. They're all going to grow into, you know, star players that everybody's going to want to watch. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely correct, and uh, I think you're 100% correct with those things. Uh, All right, let's look at these standings, Tyler. Do you know the standings right now? Uh, 
Uh, I could probably have a good, like, estimate for what they are right now. All right, I just but they they change the especially the wild card in both both divisions or conferences. They change every single day. I just want to mention it is February twenty first. So if you're not listening to this on February twenty first, they have probably changed. But can you guess the top three? I mean, well, we'll start with the Eastern Conference first. Don't don't look it up. Don't cheat. I'm not looking it up. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll start with the easy one. Uh, Atlantic. Who do you think is top three? Uh, I know it's it's Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. Yes, so Boston is running away of 91 points. Yeah. <laughs> they are a goal differential of 92, which is basically double of whoever is next. Uh, Toronto is second with 76 points, and then Tampa is coming up right behind them with 73. Can you guess the metro now? Uh, I know it's Carolina, New Jersey, New York, Rangers. Yes, Carolina has 82 points, the Devils have 79 points, and the Rangers currently have 75 points. Now, can you guess the wild card spot? Uh, currently, the Islanders are first and the Panthers are second, but they're them, the Penguins, the Capitals, the, the Sabres, they're all separated by one, two, three points, and every team has games in hand on the Islanders. And You're forgetting one, too, that has... Uh, Detroit, uh, I know, is there. Yeah, uh, so Islanders have 65 points. They have played 60 games. Florida has 64 points. They have played 60 games. Meanwhile, uh, Washington, they are the second team outside the wildcard spot with 58 games played, 62 points. And the most likely ones right now that might take that one is Pittsburgh, who is the team currently sitting right outside the wildcard spot with 63 points, but they have played 56 games. They have four games in hand against the Islanders and the Panthers and two games ahead in hand against the Capitals. And then the Buffalo Sabres, they have played 54 games, 60 points, and Detroit has 55 games played, 60 points. Those two teams have games in hand of basically everyone in front of them. So, um... There's also Ottawa. I mean, they've crawled kind of back into it with uh, 58 points in 56 games. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I don't think Ottawa is going to make a playoff. Yeah, no, absolutely really, not. But, you know, uh, good for them for, you know, being somewhere close. I know they they want to contend, but By next I still year, think that yeah. they're a, a little bit away from that. So I'm going to ask you, Tyler, uh, do you think this – Eastern Conference stays the same, or do you think it changes by the end of the year? Um, I, I do think it changes. I mean, I, I think that, that Pittsburgh is on a decline right now. I don't think they make the playoffs. Um, I don't think Washington makes it either. I think it'll be one of, I think, two of Buffalo, the Islanders, the Panthers, and the Red Wings. Two of those four teams make it. Um Maybe a little biased because I'm an Islanders fan, but uh, the the team just finds ways to win. You know they've they've been down t- uh, two twice in the past week to Pittsburgh, came mm-hmm. back and beat them. So three games left against Washington, two games left against the Sabers, a uh, game left against Detroit. I mean the Islanders kind of control their own destiny, but you know the the team just finds ways to win. You know uh, I I do think they could you know if they hang around in that near that second wild card spot and get Barzell back for the last week or two, they, they make a push. But uh, personally, I think that Florida and Buffalo gets it. Florida has just been looking like they're themselves from last year. You know, they, the goaltending has been awful. They get a little bit more stable goaltending from Bobrovsky and, and Knight. And, uh, or even Alex Lyon. I think they're in a good position. 
Do you think the uh, top three changes in either division? Um, like either standings-wise or the, I, I don't think the teams change. The only thing I could see is maybe the Rangers and Devils swapping. Yeah. Uh, and then that's that's probably it. I don't really see anybody coming over Boston. No. And then I, I think that Toronto holds that second spot. And we'll, we'll see what happens in the playoffs there between Tampa and Toronto because I think they face each other again. It's worth noting that Tampa has two games in hand against Toronto. I think they switch, honestly. But I think that's that's guaranteed at this point. Tampa and Toronto first round. I think uh, I think the Metro is pretty much how it's going to be. Maybe the Rangers take over, but I think the Devils, um, especially the way they've been playing, secures that second spot. Uh, the wild card, honestly, I do not see those two teams staying in there. I see Pittsburgh getting the first wild card because I think they're not good, but I think they're currently better than those two teams they just really play crappy against the islanders and they've always played that way against the islanders because pittsburgh is like the most frustrating team against the islanders um i don't think washington makes it i think they're too old ovechkin's going to be gone for a second there and Uh, he's coming back yeah he'll be coming back like in a week or so maybe but again look at all the games they've dropped uh since he's been back and it seems like he's like the only focal point of that offense currently so I think they missed for the first time in eight years. I don't think the, I think the Islanders barely miss out. Again, Barzal is such a big piece of that team. I think losing him is going to hurt and it hurts them. That the math doesn't look great with the games in hand. Of course, you need to win the games in hand, but right now the math doesn't look great. Florida, I I still think that wild that final wild card spot is between Buffalo and Florida, which is surprising because. Florida has really clawed their way back into it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, I think I'm going to stay with my original prediction. Go Buffalo into the playoffs. That second wild card because they're just a young, exciting team. I think somehow I'm saying this, but Craig Anderson is better than Bobrovsky and Knight at this point of time. But I mean, I think Knight's going to be amazing going in the future. He's a young goaltender and goalies. Yeah tend to develop later. I think Detroit misses out. I, I just think they're too young. I think they, they make a strong push next year when maybe teams like Boston fall off uh, a little bit and F- Florida maybe has to take some time to recover, especially with their cap. So any, yeah. any final notes for that Eastern Conference before we head over to the West? No, it'll be it'll be tight going down down to the, uh, the deadline. Curious to see what each team does. I don't think Detroit or Buffalo... Uh, buys at all. I don't see them selling. I think the Islanders start to sell, uh, so maybe that knocks them off a little bit. I, the Panthers don't really have the cash space to buy or sell, mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm curious to see what all the teams do because they're all right in there in the playoff spot, but you know, some teams need to make it this year. Some teams don't really need to, so uh, I'm, I'm just... We'll see what happens in the next few days. And then under those teams, Philadelphia with 56 points, Montreal with uh, 50 points, and then poor, poor Columbus, 41 points. Uh, they are second to last in the whole league. All right, Western Conference, Tyler. Let's start with the Central. Who do you think is in the top three right now? Uh, it's Dallas, Winnipeg, and then I think Colorado is the third spot right now. Yeah, you're correct. Dallas is 72 points. Winnipeg has 71 points, and then Colorado has 67 points. 
The thing is, both Dallas and Winnipeg have played 57 games. Colorado's only played 55. Pacific. Uh, I think Vegas is still first. Mm-hmm. And then Seattle, then L.A. So Actually, L.A. might be second now. It's Vegas first, L.A. second, Seattle third. I know uh, Seattle has a decent amount of games at hand, or they did. I don't know if they still do. No, they don't. Vegas has 72 points. L.A. has 71 points. Seattle has 70 points. Vegas is the only play, is the only team out of those three to not play 57. They've played 56, so they do have a game in hand. They've been looking more like themselves ever since after the All-Star break. Now, wildcard spots, who do you think currently has them? Uh, it's Minnesota and Edmonton, I think. Can you guess the order? I think Edmonton is first and then Minnesota. Man, you've been bang on, basically. Uh, Edmonton, 68 points in 57 games played. Minnesota, 56 games played. They have 65 points. Right out, outside that wildcard spot is Calgary, Nashville, and St. Louis. Really trying to hold on there, but they're falling off quickly. Um, I know Nashville's been making a push. They've been hot recently. Yeah. And the Flames have really fallen off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's not as tight, obviously, as the East. I think that East is going to be a bloodbath. Um, But do you see the uh, top three in the Central or the Pacific changing? No, I, I think now that Colorado is healthy, I don't think they, they fall out of it at all. I think Minnesota is too far behind to catch up. I could see Edmonton maybe going into the sneaking into the top three. Mm-hmm. Seattle has not been great recently. They had a really bad road trip. I think they're finally coming back to, to form. Uh, and I, I still think they make the playoffs. I think they get the three seed, seed still, but, you know, Edmonton gets hot. Seattle continues playing not as great. I think Edmonton could sneak into to the third seat. Do you see the order changing at all? In top um, three? With now, I'm curious to see what Vegas does with Mark Stone on IR. If they pick up a guy that you know is a, a solid player, I I don't think Vegas falls out of the one spot. Mm-hmm. But then that also all depends because you know Logan Thompson. We don't know how how long he's going to be out for. Uh, you don't know how long Aiden Hill and Brossois can you know hold hold uh, the fort down in the in the crease. So I I do think Vegas ends up with the the one s- spot still. I think LA ends up second. The only thing I can see is maybe Edmonton getting third over Seattle. You know it's worth noting that LA finally has a positive goal differential. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah I think uh, you're bang on. I think. Uh, Central, I think, changes, though. I think Colorado steals that second one. Winnipeg has been struggling a little bit recently. I think Colorado's the better team. They have games in hand. I think they'll take that second spot. But I think Dallas hangs on to that top yeah. spot. I think it's the math just sucks for Colorado because they were injured. For the Pacific, I mean, we originally said Seattle was going to win it, but then they had this really crappy road trip. And when they also lost to the San Jose Sharks and got shut out by them, so uh, that was a surprise. I think uh, it's going to be tight between L.A. and Seattle for that for that second and third one, but I think Vegas runs off the Pacific at this point, especially because they're going to add someone at trade deadline. It's, it's, not even, it's not even an if, it's a when they, they add someone. Yeah. I think Edmonton just overall is not as good as a team as Seattle, even with Connor McDavid and Lee and Drysaddle on there. But I think Minnesota steals that first wildcard spot, and Edmonton drops to that second one, what do you think of the wild card spot? Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't see the Flames making it. I think it's going to be uh, either Seattle or Edmonton is the first one. And then uh, I, th- I think Minnesota gets the second one. But I, I like I said a f- the few episodes ago, I, I can't count out Nashville. They have, they have such a good goalie in Soros. They have a very solid forward core. Uh, I honestly think the only thing holding them back is uh, coaching. I don't think John Hines is a good coach. No. But, yeah, I think that, that you can never count out Nashville just because they have such a solid team that, you know, they go in a run like they started doing that then they could they could sneak into a wild card spot. So, currently, Calgary has played 57 games. They have 63 points. Nashville has played 54, by far the least amount in the whole Western Conference. They have 58 points, so if they win those games in hand, they jump back into being in the race. But I still think they're in the race currently. Then we move on to the teams that are bottoming out. St. Louis there, 56 games, 55 points. Arizona, 57 games played, 49 points, although they've been winning recently. Nine-game point streak. They're ruining the tank. <laughs> um, Matias Michelli has just been awesome, and so is yeah. Clint Keller, Nick Schmaltz. Uh, it's been great for them. Uh, Connor Ingram has been on a tear. Yeah, Connor Ingram randomly has decided to turn great, turn uh, the... <laughs> 2022. Just, him and Vimelka just, just switched places. Vimelka has not been great recently. Yeah, I mean, they've turned into... He's turned into 2022 playoff version of himself, <laughs> so... Vancouver, uh, 56 games played, 48 points. Rip. Uh, San Jose Sharks, 58 games played, 47 points. Tank hard for Bedard, baby. Patrick Marlowe night, though, coming up. Uh, I'll be at that one, so... I'll definitely have to bring back some uh, memories for, for the next podcast episode. Chicago, 55 points. Or, sorry, 55 games played, 41 points. And then Anaheim at the bottom of the league, 57 games played, 41 points. I mean, the one positive for them recently is that John Gibson tried to fight Phoenix Copley. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm really mad they did not let that happen. I'm really mad, too. That, that would have been amazing. Copley, Copley would have... Uh, one, I think. Copley's been in uh, a few fights in his time in the AHL, fought Jordan Bennington, I think. Yeah. A few years ago when he was with uh, Hershey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was that was a fight. Uh, other news, Zach uh, Sessionin, uh was traded from the Utica Commons to the Chicago Wolves. I didn't mention that earlier because it's irrelevant. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think uh, it's a huge thing. A huge player in the league, so um, Carl Haglin injured again. I mean, we haven't seen him for a year, so kind of sucks for him. Uh, beyond that, I mean, there hasn't been. I mean, we we ran through all the recent news really quick. I mean, that was really quick, wasn't uh, it? I mean, I, I think I think that's it. We'll. we'll... Definitely have a, a lot of stuff happening in the next few days. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely. Mean, trade deadline's a week from Friday. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens in the next few days. Uh, it seems every time we, we go to do an episode, a big trade happens. So I, yeah. I do think that we'll have another something else to talk about. Probably Gavrikov by the time yeah. we, uh, we get back in here next week. Yeah. So, um, I think... Uh, one thing I do want to end it off on is Brad Marshall back at it again on Twitter. Did you see his newest Twitter post? Yeah, he said something about where the All Star game. He doesn't 
or the players aren't going to like where it's going to be in 2025. Yeah, I mean, and then someone said, it's not like you're going to make it anyway. And then he replied, well, I hope not if it's in any of those places. <laughs> the places were Detroit, Edmonton, and Seattle. Uh, I kind of kind of understand it because, you know, the All-Star break is a vacation for the players. They want to spend time with their families. And uh, places like nobody wants to go to Edmonton the you know, in the winter when it's, like, negative degrees out. Nobody wants to bring their kids there, go to a vacation. So, you, you know, I think the players like having it in places like Florida, Vegas, California. You know, Seattle's probably not the worst place, but, you know, some places yeah. old like Detroit, Edmonton, even Toronto next year. I just, I don't think the players are a big fan of, you know, having to bring their families there and have a vacation in a place that cold. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Seattle is the best out of those three, but I can confirm from someone who went to Seattle and, January uh, last year is miserable. It's rainy. Everything gets shut down early. There's a lot to do, but it, I mean, when I went at least a year ago, like it, it was it was uh, iffy. But uh, I mean, like you said, like I think they love having it in Florida, San Jose, Anaheim, LA. I think they should bring it to Anaheim. I think they should bring it to Arizona. I think they will bring it to Arizona eventually. Yeah. Dallas would be another good one because it's a bit warmer. Although, then again, who wants to go to Dallas? Um, although Dallas is a nice city. No disrespect to Dallas, but I, there's just not a lot to do there, I guess. Um, I don't know. I just think, I think if you're the NHL, I think you sit down and just rethink the whole All Star process. We touched, we touched a little bit about it in our first episode, but I think they should add to it, saying, "Hey, look, like we don't want to make our players miserable. We already got." poor quality and uh, from the all-star games as it is so let's make it some more fun so say one year it's in the western conference one year it's in the eastern conference but it has to be below it has to be on one of these cities you know one of the three california cities arizona uh vegas and uh there, there's another one there arizona maybe like one of those teams that are warm or at least not miserable in the in the winter. Meanwhile, on the East Coast, Miami, Tampa, uh, North Carolina, Raleigh. Yeah. Raleigh would be a great one. Um, there's some other ones in there that I'm probably forgetting. Nashville. Nashville will be another cool one. Uh, they did it in 2016, I believe. But, you know, just these warm cities that players really want to go to and their yeah. families want to go to. Yeah, because, I mean, it... You know, you see players who don't make the All-Star game. You know, they, they get to go have a nice vacation or they get to go home and spend time with their family. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, sometimes, you know, you play a long season. You're away from your family a lot, away from home. You don't really get a lot of rest. I mean, sometimes these these players, you know, you don't really want to go and spend three days playing hockey again when, when you do that for, for the whole season. You know, you just want to go home and get some rest. So uh, I... I think that they should should look to change the format a little bit, you know, maybe keep it in places that are warm, you know, like the NFL does. You know, they had it in Hawaii so many years, now they only have it in Vegas. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe look to do something like that, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I think neutral sites would be cool as well, like, I don't know, putting in, like, New Orleans or something. Yeah, like, I, I think that you could, you know, you could put it in... Uh, some place in California that doesn't have a team like San Francisco. I know it's close to San Jose. Yeah, the only issue is there's no arena well, for yeah. SF. But well, like somewhere I mean, like that. I mean, honestly, you could you could probably put a, a rink inside like the Chase Center or something. Nah, I, I don't think so because the Chase Center was built kind of like 
the Barclays Center. Yeah. Yeah, so. But, but like, I like you know, the idea. You know, maybe maybe not exactly the Chase Center, but, you know, there's yeah. there's buildings out there that are in neutral sites and warm locations. Yeah. Like even even in uh, Miami where, like, the Heat play. Or ooh, a Orlando. Place, Orlando where the Solar Bears play. That would be perfect. And, yeah, shout out the Orlando Solar Bears. We I mean, love maybe, you guys. Maybe, I know they love having host cities, and I know it's great for the fans having host cities. It would be cool, too, because it would, it would be, like, near Disney World. Yeah, but... I, I think that, you know, having a neutral site wouldn't be the worst thing for, at least from a player's perspective. Yeah, I agree. Um, final part of news I want to mention is that it looks like the NHL is going to Australia for sure. I believe it was Melbourne that they're yeah, going to. Kings and Bruins, I think, were the two teams. Were the two teams rumored, yeah. So that's cool to see. We need a, we need a game in Hawaii, though. But yeah. I think Australia is such a good place. I just hope there's they uh, insert kangaroos or koalas uh, somewhere in there. But that's going to pretty much do it for all the news today. We, we got through a lot. We got a lot of opinions out there. Uh, we got through this whole page and more. So, I mean, Tyler, do you have anything else to say? No. See you uh, next week. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. You didn't ask me if I have anything, oh, you else, have anything to say. else to say. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. <laughs> uh, I do, actually. Um so, ASU News. Oh, yeah. The women's hockey team. Congratulations. They won the WWCHL championship. First time in program history. Huge steps. I mean, in their first year of, like, their program, they only won, like, two games or something. So, I mean, this team has come a long way. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to cover them. And now we're heading the Boston, baby. So, that's going to be awesome. Uh, and we're also going to be having a... Show at Chase Field at Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. So I got to shout that out Thursday, this Thursday. Uh, what day is that? Uh, but from 8 to 10, we have a two-hour slot. 23rd. We, yes, the 23rd. We'll be bringing on a bunch of the roster. Like, I believe Coach Lindsey Ellis is so far confirmed. Uh, Sam Murphy, who is one of the forwards on the team, is so far confirmed. And you'll probably see a lot more. So please uh, go ahead and join us on Blaze Radio for that. I mean... It's going to be awesome, but I definitely do have to shout that team out because, I mean, it's impressive what they've done. But, yeah, uh, congrats to them. Yeah. Uh, look, hopefully can bring a championship home in Boston. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. So they can take one step further to becoming an NCAA uh, fan, uh, team. But that's pretty much going to do it from us this uh, week. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter, ChaseBeardsley underscore, and you, Tyler? Uh, TylerCast underscore. Yeah, so you can follow us both on Twitter. Make sure you tune in on Blaze Radio this Thursday, 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, Mountain Time, uh, or Central Time, whatever we are, Arizona Time, <laughs> um, on Blaze Radio to see the uh, W, or sorry, the, uh, yeah, WACHA uh, team, uh, the champions of the WWCHL division, ASU Sun Devils. Uh, Join us there, me and some other media personnel from that team. So make sure you join us there. I mean, uh, above else, I mean, hope you guys have a next uh, have a great next week. It's going to be filled with NHL news, and I mean, <laughs> there's there's nothing really much to say except thank you guys for listening and have a great week. Would you leave each moment like I